informative, thought-provoking, factually correct. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to This Podcast is None of Those Things, starring Brian and Elliot. Coming to you from the Dirty Dina studio in Pasadena, Texas, here we go. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to this podcast is one of those things. It's me, Brian, I'm here with Elliot, and this is going to be our second Over the Fence Issue issue episode with my neighbor, Carol Purser. Carol, welcome back Hi. to the podcast. Thank you. You have your emotional support Toro with Toro. you. And Carol, I'm I'm ecstatic that you're doing these with us. I think that they are a blast. I think that you and Elliot got a got a little bit of stuff about just writing in general in mm-hmm. the first one. Mm-hmm. And what I want to kind of hit on this one is your current projects. What's in the works? Because you've been sending me chapters. I'm super stoked. But you also know as a writer, I can't talk about them. Just give me... I'm just looking for a little bit. Talk about your inspiration. You've mentioned him in the last one. Oh, you know who that Alessandro. is. Alessandro. <laughs> well, we you gotta roll the R, my man. You gotta roll Well, the he's R. Italian. Yeah. They, they, they really Alessandro Gasman. <laughs> Listen... I've seen all your pictures of him. I get it. There's a lot of them, huh? I get it. If I was a woman, I might be inspired to write a book about him, too. Hey, Alessandro, if you're listening on this podcast and <laughs> those things, how about you become a guest on the show? We have a, 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 a formal invitation. Anybody knows Alessandro? What's his last name? Gasman. Gasman. And I need you to come on the show and we can have this conversation between you and Carol Perso and, and the co-host and I, no, both of us, we'll All I'm going to do is just press go and let and Carol let talk go. to her man. Exactly. <laughs> and like, if I don't bring the cigarettes, I'll be smoking for the first time. <laughs> I like, you know, whip the wine too. They like, you know, like, I had the black turtleneck with the beret. <laughs> like, He's Italian, not French. <laughs> like, hey, you know. And remember that I've been doing that like Mike Myers and that little like whatever you know, that he did with this black from head to toe. I can't put my hair back, you know, because I don't have any hair like that. <laughs> what are you even talking about? Mike Myers, not to do with the mask for Halloween. Not about the comedian. Oh my! <laughs> even though both of them were killers. Who's he talking about? (laughs) And this, folks, is how an episode goes off the rails. I support it fully. All you have to do is mention his name, and there it comes. I mean, I literally, Carol, I mentioned his name, and you became a giggly little schoolgirl. Well, we all have our dreams, don't you, Elliot? Don't you have a vision, or yeah, you you know, know, or yeah, like I would, I would say, like you know. Uh, Naomi, you know, would be a nice see, meet, meet her see. with tea. But I have a feeling with her husband and her cousin, all of them. I wouldn't that that would be very short lived. <laughs> <laughs> like I would have to be, I wouldn't have to worry about going home to an angry wife because 
Her men, the men in her life would it would be a Samoan sacrifice. But that see, way. And see, my guy is married, so it would be even worse to take with a wife than it would be a husband. I'm yeah, yeah. serious. Oh, yeah. So, for those of you who are not wrestling fans, Naomi is a wrestler. Oh. Yeah. Who is fun. married to, to another wrestler oh. who is related to, like, half the wrestlers, including The Rock. I could take The Rock out. For lunch. So exactly. Elliot, we'll just look from afar. Yeah, from a distance. You know, that Miller said from a distance that that, that was a popular song for her. There's a, there's a wisdom in from a distance. You don't get killed from a distance. <laughs> Hashtag what's her name? <laughs> from a distance. Wow. You broke out Bet Midler's From a Distance. Also, also of note, we sang that at one point in High school, Aww. like, choirs or concert choir or something. Fast four years younger than me. We didn't sing that song. We sang, we sang a lot of Ben Midler. I think my teacher might have had a thing. Nah, I didn't. No, yeah. no, my, my high school chorus. See, he lived closer to Philadelphia. I'm from Finley. We're in Hayseeds. We don't have that. <laughs> Look on his face. He always, <laughs> Elliot likes to play up how Finley is so redneck. And a and small town. It's... Five times the size of the town I grew up in, and my my school had a farm. How far from Philadelphia were you? Your school <laughs> Hour had and a half. Farm. Okay, school had a farm. We didn't have a big town. We had an ag program. Oh, okay. So it was. We actually would. We were a magnet school for ag students. Very cool. Which was something I didn't realize until I like was playing football with a guy who lived in like Palmyra. I'm like, why do you come to E Town? He's like. For the ad program, I was like, "Oh, so Alessandro and your story." And I'm I'm not going to ask you to give a bunch of details, no, but we don't do that. Authors don't do that, do we? No, we, we don't. You leave it hanging. Yeah, can, you, can you give us any little inkling? Like Only just that uh, he's in it. That he's in it. <laughs> That's not all I can tell you. And so are you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, technically, right? <laughs> so don't you like that about writing? I do. Put yourself in anything. Mm-hmm, I do. And, and that's probably pretty much where, I mean, a, a lot of our heart comes from. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you have this picture and you have your own relationship mm-hmm. and that's what you write from. Mm-hmm. You really do. And you paint the picture you paint, you paint mm-hmm. the picture with your words. And I even put on Facebook the other day because, you know, you, you put your, we put our pictures of who we think is so cute all the time and people think, oh, she's just this obsessive woman with this guy, you know, mm-hmm. she, but it's not like that. It's like, it's the other way around mm-hmm. that you have this idea of the character in your head. Wait, Alessandra's obsessed with you? Oh, oh wow. <laughs> the plot thickens. Yeah. <laughs> the plot thickens, much like no. those grits I made well, earlier. That, that no, is no, in your mind. Wait, 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 so polenta grits is kind of the they 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 in the same you know they put them in the bowl. <laughs> well, it, it but it is it's it's the other way around where you have this picture in your mind forever and ever, and then all of a sudden somebody comes on a screen, and it's like that is the man I've been writing for like ten you know at least ten years now. That's him, mm-hmm. and then when the personality matches. And everything, then it's like people don't understand. It's not like we're just, hey, I just want that guy. That's it. I like the way he looks. It's not like that. It's like that's who he is. That's who's in my head. Yeah. You know, I can't tell you a whole lot about it. 
You don't. Look at him. He's the one reading it. I know, I know things about it. I'm just not uh-huh. going to say things because I don't want to talk out of school. See, the way that you've talked about Alessandro, I'm thinking about Julio Iglesias. That's who's coming in my head right now. Oh, have you ever shown him a picture? I have not shown him a uh. picture of Alessandro. Uh. But, he's, but, your, he's the epitome of tall, dark, and handsome. Yeah, Carol has her a type. Uh. Okay, do, have you ever seen the movie Transporter 2? I think I have. He was the bad guy in it. Okay. Yeah. He's a good bad guy. Oh. <laughs> we need to get something more interesting, though. <laughs> yeah, I've seen him. You've seen him, see? Mm-hmm. He's like an Italian Antonio Banderas. Pretty much. He's rural popular over there. and he's Oh, look at this one. So. He almost looks like Pierce Brosnan in this picture. He does when he has the beard, doesn't he? Man, he would be the. He actually should have been the. The way he looks in that picture. <laughs> and the way he looks in that picture, he should have been the choice for Dr. Fate. Oh, really? In the movie Black Adam, Pierce Brosnan has actually been the one that they picked to be Dr. Fate in that movie. Oh, check that out. Oh, I read that. I read that. Yeah. Now, again, I was. I mean, I, I love me some Pierce Brosnan. I thought he's been cool since Remington Steel. But, you know, but the way that. Your man looks in that one shot that Brian gets shown. I'm like, actually, he actually would fit that. There you go. So, Alessandro, if your agent's listening, we're <laughs> trying to cast you and stuff. We're trying to get you interviews. Like, we're here to help everybody's careers. Like, like he needs. <laughs> He's yeah. like one of the most famous actors in Italy, and he needs my, <laughs> to be in my story. Mm-hmm. Hey, I'm just saying, we but keep... But he is in my mind, so that's we, all that matters. We keep this going when the screenplay gets written, and then, you know, well, you need a star. Well, to finish it before he gets too old for the movie. I mean, right? <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> we one of the things Carol and I have joked about is award shows. Oh, no. And we were gonna, we were gonna write up a, a sketch for Carol for the procrastinating author of the year and give her a half of a trophy. For the most unfinished novels. <laughs> and do that's the thing, Carol, you have like... You start them and you just have them sitting there. That's why the last, that's why that last book has been sitting right where it is. I've been, because I got all these other things to put together. I'm like, yeah, no, I'm gonna... And that, too, speaking of publishers and writing for a publisher... Is one of the benefits of that because they will push you to finish a book. Mm. You know, otherwise you do it on your own and you have no goal. I mean, it's like that's what I'm doing now. I don't really have plans for any of this. I you had to don't. get a visit from Marty Schwartz. Oh, tell him about Marty. Marty is Brian, aka my agent, Marty Schwartz. <laughs> Sorry, I had to take a cough break. When I go with Marty, it makes me very coffee. Do you have an agent? <laughs> I don't have an agent yet. So, Marty Schwartzman is Carol's agent. The accent's also all over the place. I'm not going to keep doing it because it does hurt my voice. <laughs> but no, on a serious <clears throat> note, he jokes about that. But actually that, by joking, he got me back into starting it up again. Mm-hmm. Because it just kind of, I don't know. I don't have any enthusiasm for it. Mm-hmm. I don't have plans for it. It's just sitting there. And then... He had read the initial story, mm-hmm. and something was, you know, missing from it. Mm-hmm. And he was just joking, but mm-hmm. he still got me back into taking it seriously and adding more to it. And well, somebody that that actually would criticize for me that, you know, that I see, okay, there is something missing, you know. 
I don't listen to him a lot, but still, he does mean, <laughs> he does mean well. Well, I, you know, I'm, I'm glad you, you added that, that that at the end, that I mean yeah. well, because right now, the way you were saying that, it sounded like I was being a pushy jerk. No, but you, but you know how it is, Elliot. Sometimes that's the whole so point. Somebody that actually will is will tell you, "Hey, this is you know, I'm, there's something missing here," and mm-hmm. you know, I've got a couple of other friends reading, and mm-hmm. that's what you do that for, so that they, you want praise, sure you do, but but you also treasure them because they're not they're going to criticize, but they're not going to do it hurtfully. Hey, well, like, you know? Sometimes you just need a kick in the complacency, and you know, and the the right. Friends, people that you will listen to when they are the ones that'll do that. Mm-hmm. But Brian does that, does, does that with me. So believe me, he's been needling me for the other books of the rewritten live series. When I especially, I, I told my publisher, but then you know, Brian and I, because we talk so much, you know, Brian is like, has said that, okay, so what about Ernest Thoughts? What, what you doing with that? <laughs> I'm like, well, and that's what we need, yeah, you know? yeah. Well, and, and every time you send me a chapter, like a day or two later, I'm out of defense, like, feed me more, feed me more. And see, and, and <laughs> you know, a lot of the time, too, you know, people will say that to you. Hey, you know, and just typical, like when you used to be in writing groups. Mm-hmm. Hey, I want more. You know, it's like you knew yourself. It's really not that good. Right. You know, I'm like, hey, I know you're exaggerating. But, like, I have just the three close friends, him and, and two gals that read, and we share, you know, and it's like, I trust their, you know, if, yeah, it, if yeah. it needs somebody, they, they know they're free to say it. And then mm. it's, it's only for my own good, you know. Because it can't be all just perfect, right? It can't be. No. You know, and editors sure are going to attack it, aren't they? Right. You know? Mm-hmm. One of the things I've really enjoyed about you sending me chapters and then us talking about them and all that, I really enjoy, like, behind the scenes, like, how the sausage is made. Like, I enjoy processes. So, like... He's a sausage guy. I, I mean, I do like sausage, but... You never heard that turn of phrase? Like, yeah. Okay, I thought you meant I had some sausage in the story. I'm, I'm trying to remember what that was. It's all, about, it's all about the sausage party. Well, and it's right. He's right, you know. He is. There's a process. And people don't realize that, do they? A lot of no. people do not realize. You don't just sit down. I'm just, you know, it right. just comes to you. It's It's... It's a lot more complicated. It is, and then if you have have stuff going on in your life away from it, those become blocks. Because you gotta not just focus on it's not just focusing on the writing. And sometimes it's going around that block exactly. to get to the point where you can write. Because then you gotta make sure that what that what you're writing about and what you're experiencing away from the book that what you're experiencing away from the book is not coming into the writing. You're talking about truth. Well, I feel like truth. you had a block, and that's kind of where Morty was born. Big time. I could care less. You know? Just, I, in fact, you just get to, you can't even stand the thought of writing it. And then mm-hmm. something kicks in and something, and then you all of a sudden you love it. Mm-hmm. And then you make a fool of yourself on Facebook and you put his picture all over the place. And, oh, I love my story. You know, and it's just, that's the way it is. It's such a high and low. Yeah. And it's amazing, it was a, it's this amazing thing that also comes in is like, and that's like allude to the events that could occur in a block. Also, events could actually cause an evolution in your mindset. Exactly. That even come a different like because like for written lives, I would say from nineteen ninety five ninety like ninety three to two thousand ten, it was like I was one particular thought process. It was the area that I met Brian, come through the friendship and all that. Right then, a series of hard challenges and stuff come into my life, and I tried to 
stop to like not let the stuff come into because it was a way that I was writing, the way I was topics I was approaching and all that. And then it's like I don't know, last year or so, thank thank you, pandemic. Um it was see, like see. it was like I started looking back at some of the some of the stuff that you're seeing that I've been putting back on Elliot Harvard because the memories, the stuff that I wrote, like the stuff I was I was writing, but I was putting on a written life uh rewritten last face of page, but it wasn't part of anything rewritten lives related. It was just writing and all that, right? I'm like came to two thousand twenty one, realized, you know what? No, I like completely I'm a completely different individual than when rewritten lives came out. Even with Take a Walk with Me, which is still the hybrid that next step, like, man, this just, I am not that guy. <laughs> but don't you agree, especially with poetry, mm-hmm. that I think sometimes the harder things in your life, they kind of something about it, mm-hmm. kind of like what is it with steel and fire, and, and it just, it, something about it, you just come out. Well, yeah, but what is it with the with the the steel though? What is that that saying about steel going through fire and Crucible. it comes out comes out as silver? And mm-hmm. it's like I think mm-hmm. that's what that does with poetry. Mm-hmm. I think even more so than just fiction because you, you poetry's like your song, right? You know, kind of, and, and it probably influences that probably more so even than good things. I, I would I, I agree with you on that. I, the thing is, is that though, as with anything. You gotta embrace the change that you've actually yes. become. Like trying to fight back to get to a person that you're not anymore. Exactly. To like, where's it? But the whole reason why the poetry or the fiction was good, the way that it was written, is because you were being your authentic self. Yeah. So when the authentic self has changed into something else, you're still your authentic self. You're just, you know, we are the age that we are now. At one point we were three years old, but now we are older. Like mm-hmm. same person, different era. Different thought process. And do you also find when you have those blocks and those spells mm-hmm. that you come out kind of like, what is the phoenix? You rise out of it and you're even better every time. Mm-hmm. And you're almost like a different voice coming out of you. You have a different everything, which is where I'm at right now myself. Mm-hmm. It's like I, I think I can't stand my writing. And then and then it's like I look back at it. And some of it I actually look back like that one you read, that two hours it's like, I saw it through his eyes. I thought, that thing was damn good. Right. You know, why didn't I see that? Mm-hmm. And then you do, but sometimes you go back and you see, oh, how horrible. And how you've come out of everything, whether it was good or bad, mm-hmm. being usually better. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. what I like, like, like the one the one poem I put out there on my page last night, Lost. Mm-hmm. Like, I was looking at it after, because initially when I put it out there, it was like, Nine years ago, it was after I'd gone through a series of hard things, right? And I had written what I wrote. I was like, and at the time, I didn't like it. I was just throwing it out there. Then when I put it, just like, I was like, you know what? Let me put it on my Facebook page. I actually like this. Okay, as a poet, do you often ever, or ever, or often, do you ever write from your dark place? I have. Mm-hmm. I have. I, I mean, here's the thing, though. The difference is, is that... And when my when my book came out, those poems become emo song lyrics. <laughs> yeah, they are. But <laughs> but but like I, it's, 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 what's, what's kind of funny is that in written lives, in the center of the book, is a poem called "Hate," right? And I imagined what it would be like to write from a dark place. The difference is after two thousand and ten, I actually was wasn't an imagination of writing from a dark place. I actually was writing from a dark place, and the poems that came from me during that time period, completely different feel. Like so, when it, when 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 the imagination and the reality come together, and it's like, okay, so this is what that is. 
nope, I'm here. I don't want to admit that I'm here, but I'm here. It's you see, in a way, poetry has a, an advantage to me over even like fiction because fiction, we're really kind of, we can put ourselves into it, but, but poetry is like you're kind of writing music. Mm. And it can be just exactly what you're feeling and not just an influence on your writing, but exactly what you're actually thinking. But I like and the I way like that, but, that. My, but I like the way that you all do it in from the author's perspective in writing the narrative. Because see, then okay, you provide the the characters for the emotion. See? That's and, true. And, and, and so and so you get to actually like write Our it out. The the, the, yeah. the the dialogue. The whole, whatever, like, yes, I can write a, a, a lyrical representation from one person as a soliloquy and as a, a, a poem. But, like, you actually put the, but in a wall of artwork, yeah. that's what the fictional author does. And so everybody has a, each character has a representation. Well, see, that's a good point because we can't only write if we're the character we're writing, but we also can show how it affects everybody around them too. Yes. Good point. You get to actually describe yeah. the room. Good point. See, and so, yeah. so if, and for poetry, I am that person in that room. I'm yeah. Carol writing about Carol's interpretation of the and room and my interaction with that scenery Right, or, right exactly. Know. Right. I kind of want to save Elliot saying, I'm Carol, for... <laughs> well, should we tell him? For clips. <laughs> I'm like, I'm fabulous. Should, should we tell him? <laughs> I identify... I identify... Because I feel that way, that's because, because I feel that way, that's exactly what I am. <laughs> There's so many red lights right now. But it's like, instead of I, Claudius, it's I, Elliot. Or... <laughs> you know, surprise, surprise. I, I... <laughs> we could go really crazy on so, it. So as Elliot struggles with his identity, I would like to thank everybody for listening. To this over the fence episode of this podcast is none of those things. Make sure you catch us on Anchor.fm, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere else you're listening to podcasts. Like us on Facebook. Check out the Facebook page. We do a lot of stuff on there. And follow us on Twitter. And we will see you guys very soon with another episode of the Over the Fence series. Carol, thank you for being on. Thank you, and Elliot. Thank you. I do. And thank you, Wyatt, for adding character. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I bring a bigger bottle next time. Talking <laughs> <laughs> about inspiration. All right, guys, we'll see you next time. <laughs>